let's get things started. You are a rapper, activist, actor, entrepreneur. You've had your own Netflix series. You have been in my living room more times than you can imagine with trigger warning. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on here. You have your PBS show. I want to know what is Shay putting in those greens because you are nonstop. This is the, I, I don't, what is she doing? Shay made me some oxtails this week. Listen, she ain't let me eat them with no rice, but I got a chance to eat them with salad. That was cheat code. I could eat a green and a protein, but let me tell you something. My wife has to get um, a huge amount of credit for the encouragement she gives me, and not only encouragement to keep going, but the mm-hmm. encouragement to rest, the encouragement to take the care of myself, the encouragement to say, hey, Negro, you know, I know the world wants you, but mm-hmm. me and these children need you. So I, I appreciate her for that. So thank you for invoking her from the beginning, because um, I'm truly grateful to have her. Well, every interview that I see you have and where you're, where it feels really authentic, Shay comes up. Where, yeah, I mean, she what, she always comes up. So I feel like she is the invisible partner always on your shoulder guiding you. She is. Yeah. And so so I wouldn't be doing my best self, my best service and not invoking that sister in, in her absence. Got to let her know that. I got to let her know. I appreciate <laughs> So we are celebrating two things. The 10 year yeah. anniversary of rap music. Yep. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And we are celebrating Run. Yes. How did this happen? Well, rap music 10 years ago was produced entirely by LP, Rebellious African People's Music. I am the rebellious African and I make music for the people, not just black people, but people's music. Much like Fred Hampton, Mm -hmm. I see a class struggle happening in this country and beyond. And it's important that we realize that it's always us versus them. And us meaning the proletariat versus the oligarchs, the monarchs, and the people and the elite that hold power over us. So thank you for acknowledging rap music. Rap music led LP and I to joining forces and creating what I feel like is the best rap group in the world today. That's Run the Jewels. I've been on tour essentially for nine years dominating tours, whether it is um, Primavera in Spain or whether it is Coachella. Run the Jewels has shown up and done our job time and time again. And our job is burning the stage down, re- recognizing that real, that real dope rap music. Um, Michael had the urge to say something. Mm-hmm. Michael had an urge to say something that was unapologetically audacious and black, that was rooted in artistic freedom, and that was rooted in that we make the swag dope. Mm-hmm. We're a big part of the reason America is the greatest country in the world, that this republic is so wanted by, by other people to come to. We're a big you know, we're a big part of that reason. And whether it is Little Richard or um, Mama Thornton or um, Ray Charles, whether it is Michael Jackson or Prince, whether it is Run DMC or NWA, we deserve the credit for making this country cool. So Run is not just educational. It's not just, edu- it, it, it's not just instructional. Run is a dope record full of swagger and pride. Run is a record that Dave Chappelle intros in a most amazing way, um, encouraging me to, to get off my get off my my, my tukish and, and, and make sure I stay involved in the political process and make sure that I'm a spokesman for the people. Run, unfortunately, has to be a banner of free thug now. Thug was free when he did oh, wow. that record. He was free when he said, run, I'm going to steal this to my son, folks, that, that make sure his children know what generational wealth means and things of that nature. So I got a chance 
to spend two weeks with him to see the man behind the myth, but not, not just the character, but the human being, which is a big part of the reason I stand in solidarity with he and Gunner and saying, do not allow their lyrics that are pretend created in a pretend world to have people jam their ass off used against them in a, in a court where they're supposed to be presumed innocent until found guilty. They have not been found guilty, so I presume them innocent. And I'm saying hands off black art in the same way as hands off white art. I've seen in this country in the past year a white woman who actually killed her husband. They had to prove she killed her husband, but they were not allowed to use the article that was written by her to say how to kill your husband. Oh, wow. So if that's fair for her, that ought to be fair for us, too. So not only do I have a jamming record, it's a politically right now record because someone on that record is being persecuted to a political process and i'm happy that i'm free to make some noise for he and gunner i'm happy that we spent a couple weeks in the studio a black man died for this country before any white man did a black man put his life on the line against the red coast with the brits at the time to say this republic deserves to be free so much like i'm from the lineage of those foundational black americans i'm from the lineage of dope music making so whether it's christopher zaddix or christopher wallace you're gonna make sure you get all this blackness on run you're gonna get this blackness let me ask you a question. I felt like listening when I was listening to the intro, I really did feel like I was listening to a private conversation between you and Dave Chappelle. Sometimes I know that artists get the tracks after a feature is on it, or maybe you give it to the feature and then you get it back and take a listen. What did you think when he first said, you are a leader, lead? What what did that make you feel like coming from someone of Dave Chappelle's stature? Dave said all those things to me after I went to the Dave Chappelle show in Atlanta. It was an amazing show. My wife and I attended. Um, and after the show, comedians don't do like rappers. We don't just run off and, you know, not speak to each other and go back to our collective back case. Comedians hang out together. You know, they might smoke cigarettes, smoke a little weed, drink some wine or some whiskey, talk some more trash to each other. Mm -hmm. And I got an opportunity to just sit around a bunch of comedians. And at one point, Dave just stops and he tells me, you got to run for governor. And I'm like, what? I'm not running for governor. We got a governor. And there's a black woman running for governor and other people want to be governor. I never want to be governor. And he <laughs> gives me a, one of those homeboy tongue lashes like, hey, bro, you need to be doing this because I'm like, man, I like weed and the blue flying. <laughs> I like marijuana and strip clubs more than I like political process on a daily basis. And he said, it doesn't matter, Mike, you are a leader and mm -hmm. you have to lead. And he reenacted that conversation for me. And it, so it was a very personal conversation, one of encouragement. And one at a time where I was feeling kind of hopeless gave me and poured my cup full of hope again and made sure that although I'm not going to run for political office in the immediate future, I'm going to continue to support those people that are qualified to be to be spokesmen for our people and that are prepared to do the right thing by our people. He made sure that he showed me that there's a solidarity mm -hmm. in terms of artistry and political mobilizers and organizers that's been around, whether you talk about um, um, Al, um, um, James Baldwin and Malcolm X, whether you talk about Sidney Poitier and Bernard Rustin, we have to make sure that as Black people, that when we are given this platform and this opportunity, we have an opportunity to make this republic a better one for us and those beyond. And I'm just not going to walk away from that opportunity. I'm going to do my best to be my best. In our community, we have a lot of artists that could take the role of being a leader in different areas. Why do you think artists shy away from that? You have never been one to shy away from that. Why do you think they do? I'm not a better than 
than, than black leaders that I've seen. What I am is a person who's uniquely qualified to lead at particular moments at particular times. I recognize those moments and times. I plot, plan, strategize, organize with other people. You know, I plot, plan, strategize, organize with other people. And when it's time to mobilize, I help the mobilization. But I have no way arrogant enough to believe that I can lead all of us somehow like Moses out of out of, out of of here and into the promised land. What I am prepared to lead is a campaign of each one teach one mm-hmm. that makes sure our literacy rates rise. I am prepared to lead is a campaign that says one million black people need to give $10 a month, which would be $10 million a month, $120 million a year, to take care of the freedom fighters that are now elderly and old. Mm-hmm. Matulu Shakur is sitting in a prison right now with cancer, and I see people talk about political races, and no one is talking about Matulu Shakur. And no one is talking about allowing him to come home and die with his family, with the nobility he deserves, because the freedoms that he gained didn't only gain white people, but black people freedoms, they gained white people mm-hmm. freedoms as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I see no one taking care. Rosa Parks had to be taken care of by the man who owned Little Caesar. God bless his soul. He took care of her rent and mortgage late in her life, but we should have some type of fund that does that. So what I'm interested in seeing, if there are 40 million black people in this country, then you can get below, you know, 10%, which would be 4 million, just a quarter of that, get 1 million. Give me a quarter of 10%, give us $10 a month. Essentially, what you would be spending $120 a year is what you would pay for a pair of bear toys. There's no reason a million of us should not be able to take care of our own. That's what I like. Speaking of taking care of our own, you have talked immensely about the impact that Outcast has had on how you move and navigate through the industry. You talk yeah. about your yeah. how they have given you jewels, literal jewels about how to navigate as a man, yeah, as an artist. And what it, what is the biggest takeaway that you've gotten from Andre? And what is the biggest takeaway you've gotten from Big Boy? The biggest takeaway from Andre is, and from 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 Outcast as a group is remain artistically brave, right? Mm-hmm. Remain artistically brave. Do not allow yourself because of comfort or because of payoff to simply be comfortable in where you last were. Always find a new mountain to climb. Mm. That is what Outcast has given me. Outcast started off as two dope rapping teams teenagers influenced by Tribe Called Quest. Mm-hmm. I would say individually from Dre, what I've learned is take care of yourself. It's okay to have limits and to say, um, as dope as it is, I can't do that because it's not me right now. It would be me doing it for the moment. He's artistically, um, artistically, he has an integrity like none other. From Big Boy, I've learned, take care of your coin. Take care of your coin. Invest in others. So I've learned so much from them. Every birthday, every Father's Day, every holiday, I call them with a similar or text them with a similar message. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to change my life. You know, and I and I, and I mean that every time for them. You talk. You talked in one interview about how you, when you saw a Big Boy with the kennels, and you who you you saw yeah. him as a businessman right out the gate. You have Greenwood. You have your barbershop. You and Shay are. Our yes. entrepreneurs, your children yes. sell sell lemonade in front of the barbershop. You have young entrepreneurs yeah. <laughs> coming up already. Why do you think it's so important to to push the message of black entrepreneurship in a time where people are are quitting their jobs and and people are feeling like employers aren't aren't supporting them in their mental health journeys and what's going on in the country. Why do you think entrepreneurship is so important at this point? 
Well, capital is important for entrepreneurship, which is why I'm proud to be a part of the Greenwood FinTech company, because their ultimate goal is to get capital behind successful businesses. Mm -hmm. When you look at a business like Slutty Vegan, Pinky had an amazing idea. She has amazing service. Going into those places is an amazing experience. And with that said, she gave people who are capital investors the courage to invest in a young American woman who graduated from Clark. And they gave her an opportunity and she has ramped that opportunity and employs hundreds of people and have helped hundreds of people and will soon help thousands as she grows and expands. That is what happens when you take full economic opportunity in this country and you have a dope idea and you have the capital to support that. So what I encourage is entrepreneurism, whether it is cutting grass, because it's always some grass need cutting mm -hmm. getting out of federal prison. If they can't do nothing but get a CDL or a lawnmower. Whether you're driving trucks and starting a trucking company or starting a lawn care service that's corporate and private, you have the ability to grow capital. You have the ability to grow a business. You need to, and I think we all need to point ourselves in service-related business. Some things are sexy. Some things are dope. Everyone wants to make a billion dollars off a fintech company. Who does not want to? But that fintech person still going to need that grass thing. Mm -hmm. And I'd be damned if I don't know how to cut grass. So I want to <laughs> encourage people to figure out what their, what their version of entrepreneurialism looks like and do it. Because entrepreneurialism doesn't always mean you quit your job. It just means after I work eight hours for the man... I'm to work for myself. That's right. You know what I mean? So black people um, doing reconstruction were amazing business people. Black people in the early 1900s in districts like Greenwood that were destroyed or districts that survived like Auburn Avenue and Edgewood in Atlanta were amazing business people. And we can continue to be that. The only thing we're missing is the confidence to do it and the capital behind that confidence to prove ourselves competent. So let's continue to grow confident children so we don't have to re like what Frederick Douglass said, it's easier to grow strong children than it is to repair broken men. So let's make sure we grow strong children so we do not have to spend as much time repairing ourselves from past trauma and we can move on to the next mountain that we climb. I'm fully confident in black people that we're competent to be as aggressively competitive in this capitalistic system as any other group of people, but we have to think first and foremost as an individual what is best for me and after that individual thought who do i partner with to make sure our community is strong economically and otherwise so basically let's continue to run let's run let's continue that's like, to run i gotta hype hey. i gotta hype <laughs> run run better run that's right 